This is Annie Gauss for Silicon Valley Beat, your home for tech and business news. Thanks for stopping by. Rumor has it that the CEO of Pandora, Tim Westergren, is about to throw in the towel as the company struggles to gain its footing. If true, it would be a relatively short tenure for him, at least this time around. Westergren founded the company 17 years ago, hard to believe, but he left the CEO role for several years and then came back as CEO in 2016. Now, Pandora was an early trailblazer in music streaming, but the business has suffered in the face of heavy competition from players like Spotify, Apple Music, Google, and others. As people have gravitated to on-demand listening, Pandora has struggled to adapt their business model. Their stock peaked in 2014, and they've been on the decline ever since. As a result, the company's future has been subject to much speculation. They've been floated as a potential acquisition target for companies like Liberty Media, the parent company of SiriusXM. They offered to pay $480 million for a 19% stake in Pandora recently, but the deal hasn't gone through yet. I'll keep you posted on this one. Be sure to fave the station for more tech and business news and updates. Thanks for listening. If you find email ads annoying or occasionally slightly insulting, in my case, good news. Google has said that they will no longer scan your emails in order to serve you ads. They said they'll make the change later this year, and after that, you won't see any more ads based on the content of your emails. They can still scan your emails for other purposes, like to suggest auto-replies, but no more Google ads based on your Gmail content. You will still get ads based on all the other stuff that Google knows about you, however. Diane Green, who's a VP of Cloud at Google, wrote that, This decision brings Gmail ads in line with how we personalize ads for other Google products. But it could have more to do with the fact that Google is marketing G Suite, which is the broader service that Gmail is a part of, more and more as an enterprise tool. As opposed to us lowly individual users, corporations might not be so thrilled about Google scanning their emails for ad purposes. As they point out in a blog post, more than 3 million companies are paying to use Google Suite as of now, among 1.2 billion total users. As always, love to hear your thoughts on Gmail ads or anything else that you think is worth discussing. Let me know, and thanks for listening. This is Annie Gauss. So I was wondering about Lyft lately. Um, since Uber is having a lot of troubles, they're kind of in the news and having to go through this culture shift. I was wondering if Lyft has started to think about IPO. I know they're not a public, publicly traded company right now, but I'm wondering if there's any talk about that. What are your thoughts? Hey, Patrick. Thanks so much for the question. This is one of my favorite topics, having covered both companies, so I'll be more than happy to ramble on about this question of Uber versus Lyft. First of all, there's no question that Uber's many problems this year have been a good thing for Lyft. According to App Annie, the app research company, Lyft has gained on Uber in downloads. There's still a gap, but Lyft is only about 70% behind Uber in terms of daily downloads as, as opposed to a much larger margin as of 2016. So in other words, they're kind of closing the gap. 
Lyft is still much smaller in all respects, with a value that's estimated at $7.5 billion as opposed to Uber's $60, 70-some billion as of now, depending on who you ask. The bottom line is that their core business models are virtually the same, but their strategies and their goals may be completely different with or without an IPO. One big case in point is that, unlike Uber, Lyft has never aspired for world domination. They made the decision to focus on the U.S. market some time ago, whereas Uber's playbook has been to charge into every global market they can and deal with the consequences as they happen. Another differentiator is who their partners are invest- and investors are. Lyft's single biggest investment was led by General Motors, plus they have a number of foreign investors, including Uber's one-time China rival, whereas Uber's investors are a mishmash of VCs, banks, and private equity firms. Not to mention they have a ton more capital overall, so it's kind of apples to oranges to some extent. A third, though, and this is often cited as a key one, is that Lyft has always said that they place an emphasis on retaining drivers and keeping them happier through certain perks and discounts and allowing tipping much earlier than Uber did. Companies might talk a big game about self-driving cars, but the reality is they'll still be relying on human drivers in the foreseeable future, and they really need them because it's expensive to market and recruit new drivers. Now, I can't get inside the mind of Lyft executives or Travis Kalanick as much as I wish I could sometimes, but their stated motives from the outset have always been somewhat different. John Zimmer, who's the founder of Lyft, comes from a civic planning background, and he's often written and talked about ride sharing from an infrastructure perspective, reducing traffic and all the positive side effects that come from that. For that reason, and just a hunch, I wouldn't be totally surprised if we see Lyft pursuing more alliances with public agencies down the road. But despite how hot this whole sector is and how much it's growing overall, it's really hard to say when, if ever, an IPO would happen with either of these companies. My feeling is that if it did happen, it would be a while because the only people with complete visibility into their books is them. In the end, only they know their financial condition and their readiness for public markets. And if you'd asked me this question a year or so ago, I probably would have predicted that it was much more likely that Lyft would be acquired by someone like GM. But that was when Uber was still assumed to be the undisputed leader in this space. Nowadays, though, it's a little bit of a different story. And as a matter of fact, the CFO of Lyft told the Wall Street Journal last month that their most recent fundraising round, which was $600 million back in May, was a, quote, pre-IPO round. Even if we take that at face value, what we don't know is when that would happen, and he suggested it would be a while. Both Uber and Lyft are still losing tons of money, reportedly. Lyft lost more than $100 million in the first quarter of this year, according to a source. So how a Lyft IPO would fare, I can't really speculate, but the reality is that Uber and Lyft have become important utilities to a lot of people, at least speaking from my weird little transportation bubble in San Francisco. And eventually, it will be a good thing for these companies to be more accountable than they are now and to let the public have an interest in it. Just my opinion. So I realize that was a very long-winded answer to your question, but I hope it's at least thought-provoking. Thank you so much again for the call-in. I've got a backlog of other call-ins that I'm going through as best I can. So more to come. Thank you so much to everyone for stopping by. More to come soon. Bye. Bye.